0: Jan Swift, and you're listening to Nourish Your Health at Every Age. The choices we make every day impact our health, for the good or the bad. This podcast series will share the latest information on how people of all ages may achieve optimal health and wellness. We tape in the offices of Raider, which offers a complete fleet of IT solutions for businesses of all sizes. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work, we understand. If you're wondering if Raider can help your business, please visit RaiderSolutions.com. Our guest today is Marie Collins, Executive Director of The Family Tree. Marie is a licensed professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, and addictions counselor. She joined the Family Tree after working for 10 years with the Lafayette Parish Sheriff's Office. Marie is passionate about working with people from all walks of life to assist them in their personal growth journey and to help them learn about themselves so that they can make the best choices for their life and those they love. Since this podcast focuses on the importance of making the best possible choices on a daily basis, I thought Marie would be an inspirational guest. Marie Collins, welcome to Nourish Your Health. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we cross paths a lot too. We we now we're do. in Lafayette, Louisiana. I need to say that. But hopefully this podcast will have a reach way beyond South Louisiana. I would hope so. Yeah, but one of the reasons I wanted you on is you know, our mental state, the the state of mind that we carry around with us everywhere Mm -hmm. we go. As John Kabat-Zinn says, everywhere we go, there we are. It affects everything we do, the choices we make on food, on sleep, Mm -hmm. relationships we choose, um, how we take care of ourselves and how we treat others. And so I thought if... The first part of the show, I want you to talk about what Family Tree is and what you do, and then if we can segue into some of the things you've learned as a therapist and maybe some guidance you can give some of us listening that are, you know, wanting to take better care of ourselves. So,
1: Absolutely. Um, so the Family Tree is actually 40 years old this year, and we are so proud to be able to continue the legacy that Junior League started right. um, 40 years ago. And what it has become is an umbrella organization. And so now we offer programs and services for people throughout the lifespan. So we can work with uh, pregnant moms and newborn babies up until the uh, geriatric population. Um, So we have the full continuum of care for our, our community. And we're really, really, really proud to offer that. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the last year, we've absorbed a few other nonprofits and their programs, and so we're setting ourselves up to be able to, um, under our mission, to continue that legacy of being able to grow and serve right. as many of the needs in that in that generation,
0: it's kind of a one-stop shop. Huh,
1: We're trying. Counseling. I like to refer to it as no wrong door. Oh, um, so yes, it is kind of the the no, but one-stop shop. But in the sense that if somebody calls and they say, "Okay, this is what's happening with me," mm-hmm. oh, well, we have this program, or we have this counseling service, or we have this available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, over this last year, we acquired Jacob Crouch Suicide Prevention. Right. Foundation. Um, and so that's afforded us a lot of opportunity to to look at it from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, let's say, an agency call us and say we've had um, either uh, someone who had suicidality or possibly somebody who committed suicide and we're not quite sure what to do. And so we'll come in as a crisis debriefing team with counselors, um, which Jacob Crouch previously could not have done. And so our counseling side will be able to go Mm -hmm. in and work with the staff to be able to deal with their grief and trauma from having lost someone. And then we can then send Mm -hmm. in someone specifically from Jacob Crouch who works with them on prevention um, so that they can be able to recognize the warning signs. And so we have gotten into – and we're really proud that we were able this last August um, and September, September specifically for Suicide Awareness Month, um, to go to UL and do all the faculty staff and all the, RN, uh, the RAs, the resident assistants in mm-hmm. all of the dorms so that they were aware of the warning signs so they can help all That's of great. the kids in the dorm.
0: We had Barney Lejeune on, um, gosh. Almost a couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know that he was working, you know, just he had lost a family member. And Mm -hmm. I know he must be very proud um, to see what's happened because I hope so. Nobody can do it by themselves, but to have that support. You know. it
1: really we've been able to wrap around that yeah. program and elevate it mm-hmm. um, to where we can serve more people right um, under that umbrella
0: yeah and I know you also took on the new beginnings program that used to be done yes. by better options initiative better we've options. had them. On the show, also it does seem like I've run into you in so many places, and that is more about uh, parental uh, and family parental alienation and family conflict. Mm -hmm. So we have
1: a whole family conflict division, and so it offers a new beginnings program, which for those parents who are dealing with the parental conflict, Um, we also have transparenting, which is for Mm -hmm. parents learning how to co-parent. We have roller coasters, which is specific for the kids who are dealing with some Mm -hmm. type of parental separation or divorce. And then we have Rooted and Rooted is a program for um, children of divorce or separation or just parental conflict. And we we actually are in all the boys and girls clubs. Um, there's five of them, so Great. we're in all five boys and girls wow. clubs. Um, where it started at UL, mm-hmm. so we're in UL, and we work with those kids. So it's it's almost like adult children of yeah. parental conflict.
0: So you have rooted and rooted junior. We have right? rooted in high and rooted junior. Also. Yes,
1: in the high yeah. school as well.
0: Um, do the kids in that? I don't want to get too far off on that, but. Do, are kids amenable to talking They love this program about themselves? The biggest
1: yeah. thing, which for us, you think is so obvious, you just you know no one's in this alone. Everyone, Everyone has, has been touched by some kind mm-hmm. of parental conflict or separation mm-hmm. or divorce, but kids don't know that. And so they just see their one little world, and they think their world is crumbling, and they 're the only ones who are going through it and So when you see these kids at any age in a group, um, especially the younger ones they're like i didn't know i wasn't the only person who felt that way or did that mm-hmm. or acted like that." Um, we had one child um child he was in high school, he was in college. <laughs> But we had one kid from high college um, at the UL program say that he dreaded every summer having to go home and live with his parents um, or because he would go home and live with his dad for the summer. <clears throat> and he hated his dad because of what happened. And after going through this rooted class, he was able to see what ha- see divorce from his father's side. Oh. And so he went home that summer with a different perspective about his dad. And they were able to develop a relationship oh, that they gosh. never would have had without this group. And so it's stories like that mm-hmm. that touch us. And we recognize that we do this for a bigger purpose.
0: And that was the whole reason the Better Options was set up so Absolutely. that a child could have both parents. You know, that mm-hmm. they don't have to choose between which one they can trust or love. And so
1: we've been able to expand upon Uh that. Um, And so for those people who need additional services can come into our counseling Mm -hmm. program. So again, we're wrapping around Mm -hmm. where there's no wrong door. Even if you call one area and you think you need this, we
0: can give you other services. So you can kind of identify, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. We were talking before the show started and I don't know that most of us really think we need help.
1: (laughs) No, no, we're fine. We're fine.
0: I'm fine, are you? Yes, absolutely.
1: I'm fine. How are you doing? Great. Yeah. Great. Great. Doing good. The more times you say great, the worse off you are.
0: <laughs> so the people that are honest and go, you know what? You're like, it's not That's so a good. Crappy I'm weekend. Doing, yeah, I'm know. doing
1: terrible here. Those are the honest people. And I love those people.
0: Gosh. But I mean, so people that probably end up coming into the family tree might have really hit a wall in some cases or we, how do they end up at we the end tree?
1: up in counseling because it hurts too much to stay the same the pain is too difficult um, and so we say you know I can't I can't go on another day like this I mm-hmm. can't do this anymore um, and so that's when you end up in counseling and and that's great but different people's bottom everyone has a different bottom um, and so they get to us in different states. Um, and some people recognize it a little bit earlier. Or they've been to counseling before or had some kind of experience with it. And they say, you know what? That helped me the last time. I'm going to go back because I can tell the pattern that I'm going on. Uh-huh. Um, but it's usually it's when it hurts too much to stay the same. Um, and so they come to counseling and we we were really um, definitive when I came onto the tree three years ago um, what I wanted to do was look at the gaps in our community and say, we need to fill these gaps. We need to, to coordinate mm-hmm. services and partner with other agencies and huge, huge, huge on partnerships. Mm-hmm. And so one of the partnerships that we realized um, we wanted to make was with Faith House or Women's Foundation or you know these other really great nonprofits. Um, but one of the things we recognized with that, there was only one other agency in Lafayette who was serving those people on Medicaid. <coughs>
0: What was that? Uh,
1: Uh, Acadiana Area Human Services District. um, We're serving those people on Medicaid. And we had a sliding fee scale, which was affordable to most people. Mm -hmm. But there were still some people who had Medicaid and needed the services, um, but didn't maybe necessarily need uh, the medical part because we're we're not medical. Mm -hmm. But they still needed to talk to somebody. And so we spent two years, two very long years. (laughs) Uh, working to get um our to to be able to be on the medicaid plans and so we are actually all are on all of the five medicaid plans um and have been able to take that and so our numbers have gone up and we've had to increase our staff because we've had such an outpouring um and it's these people who are on you know i mean we say medicaid plans and and you think oh you know who are these it it's everybody. They're, it's the Affordable Care Act. It, it's mm-hmm. all the people who who now can get services and they don't have to pay out of pocket. A and lot so of children. A lot of Medicaid. children. Uh-huh. A lot of children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we're able to serve that population, and I'm so uh-huh. so excited that we're able to do yeah. that.
0: Did your uh, tenure with the Lafayette Parish Sheriff's Office? I know you were probably. Um, assisting people that had really had some issues in their home life, and um, <laughs> yes. without, I'm not—I'm really not even trying to make light of it. But by the time you're incarcerated, you've—you've you've had some problems, you know, yes. and made some poor choices. Yes, and I know that you want to work to keep people out of jail and i've always felt that by the grace of god you know probably most of us have done things whether it was running a stop sign and we could have killed someone or Mm -hmm. driving tired and falling asleep on the highway so many so many of us could have ended up but for the grace of god in trouble yes for for various reasons for various
1: reasons And, and i operated under the the uh, Mike Newstrom, who was yeah. really big into programs, that heart. and that's where my, my heart was, mm-hmm. was in programming. Because if we could prevent it from happening, yeah. then we've obviously done the most good. Mm-hmm. And so we had tremendous amounts of programming, and we grew the programs over the 10 years. And to watch people's lives change because they had this opportunity, and it was an opportunity they'd never been Uh, offered before. Treated with respect. Treated with respect. Mm -hmm. And they never had counseling. Counseling was, you know, what are you talking about? What do you mean somebody can help me? How can talking help me? Um, Or especially substance abuse. Because, I mean, by the time people get into incarceration, about 80% of the population in jail has uh, some kind of mental health or substance Mm -hmm. abuse issues. And, I mean, co-occurring is is pretty common. Because they self-medicate. And you have one, um, you have a substance abuse and a mental health issue, so co-occurring so about 80% of the population has that and and so you're thinking you know how When you hear their stories, when I first started working in the jail, I used to watch the news and then learned very quickly that that was just something I couldn't do because I would hear the story about the person on the news and then go into the jail and it was a totally different picture. And you hear their story and you think, how did you not end up here sooner? Mm -hmm. How are you not dead? They never got a break. um. They never got a break. And their life stories are tremendously difficult and it was hard to hear sometimes. And I did much, much better with the adults. We also worked with children and those. Stories I had a, hard, a much harder time hearing because you feel like with the kids, there's only so much they can work around because they're at most of their life is out of their control. They
0: have no within, choices. They have no
1: choices, and so I did not. That was I, I struggle with that. But there were mm. some amazing people whose you know heart was was in it for those kids, and and that's the the most impact that we can have is those children, if we can Mm -hmm. stop those children. Um, And so that's where, you know, you being able to accept Medicaid and being able to accept those counseling kids um, makes a big difference. But even with the adults and the substance abuse programs that we put them into, it was the first time they had graduated from something. It was the Mm -hmm. first time that they felt good about themselves. It was the first time somebody believed in them, that they could do something different. Uh And I remember them coming and they were so grateful when we would talk to them because they were like, nobody's listened to me before. Nobody's heard this story. Um, Or they've never told it because they didn't feel safe. And so to be able to offer that safe space for somebody Mm -hmm. to tell something that's deeply personal to them, that they're carrying around in their life is such a gift. And I was always, always
0: honored by it. So your background in all this has obviously given you empathy for people Mm -hmm. from all walks of life. I know that really is what you enjoy is helping People from Mm -hmm. All Walks Alive was in your bio. But all of us need some kind of help, I think. And, you know, if if you don't mind, uh, let's get in the plug for Family Tree. It's Family Tree.
1: The Family Tree Information Education and Counseling Center.
0: Yeah, so it's Family Tree, excuse me, AcadianaFamilyTree.org Yes, for people that okay. want to go visit your site, yes, can look at the plethora of programming and mm-hmm. best mom, best dad classes, all yes. the different healthy start. These classes. kids
1: didn't come with a manual class. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But if we can build upon your work, and if we can yeah. um, talk about what counseling does, um, if we do need it, maybe the the benefits, the the physical benefits of feeling stable you know a feeling that we can get something off our chest or I'll, I'll let you speak I'm talking too much yeah here. no
1: you're you're fine um, so the first brave step is just saying that you want to come to counseling it is it takes a lot of courage to say that you need help um, and then so just to, to sign up and walk through that door um, and even as a counselor and I do this for a living there are times where I forget Oh, wait, I need to go to counseling because mm-hmm. I'm carrying around too many things myself. And I need to walk through that door and have the courage to say, I need help. And so, you know, hats off to all those people who have done that or who mm-hmm. will do that um, because it does take an act of bravery. And so to walk through those doors and to sit in front of someone and to trust the process and say, talking does help being able what you hold inside multiplies in your head it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and what you tell it's divided by all the people you tell it to because everybody carries a piece for you. And so what I saw myself as a counselor is I wasn't there just there for them to unload the information. The answers are inside of you. The counselor isn't some magician. I mean, our wands are all in the shop, unfortunately. <laughs> and and so what we're doing is helping you as an individual Put those puzzle pieces together, and so I saw it like a puzzle. Okay, this happened and this happened, and so now your the wiring in your brain has now created you to believe this thought. And so, how do we help you un unconnect those connections? But it was a puzzle, and the answers were inside of you. I just asked the questions to get you to that
0: point. I guess experience has shown you a lot. Huh? Like, did you when you started out? Were you looking at a certain type of person to help you know i know you've yes. got you've got all these different qualifications yes. when marriage I, and family addictions
1: when i first got out of school i had worked with the chronically mentally ill um and i thought this is who i want to work with I, I love the you know the really difficult cases the bipolar schizophrenics those were my sweet spots you know um they've got
0: to be some of the toughest they are very
1: difficult but uh-huh. i really enjoyed working with them mm-hmm. because of the amount of progression that you saw because when they came in and they were in active psychosis and then you were able to get them on medication and you put them in groups and you talk to them. And then suddenly they were these productive members of society. I mean, that, that wave Mm -hmm. is unbelievable to see the difference. And so I love being able to be a part of that difference that you really did change this person's life. Um, And then when I got out of graduate school, uh, you have to get a job again so mm-hmm. that, old paycheck uh, that
0: whole need. paycheck
1: thing i know. and the only job that i was able to find was in a substance abuse facility oh and i had never worked with substance abuse and was terrified of substance abuse i remember saying in college and graduate school you know you're like what do you do if you have a substance abuse client with the irony is that they're they're usually mixed um, but it was like you refer them um, to somebody else and and so there was a job and so i remember sitting down at the interview and um, The guy said, okay, substance abuse, you either love it or you hate it. And you'll have three months to figure it out. It only takes three months. If you love it, we'll keep it. If not, you can walk no hard feelings.
0: So you had an out.
1: So I had an out and so i was like okay terrified but luckily i've had and this was probably one of the first mentors um the person that i worked under was a a dual person who was a social worker and a substance abuse counselor and so they came at it from this therapeutic system Mm -hmm. thinking um, not the necessarily old school uh, kind of substance abuse counselor which was a really different type of, of therapy and so he he believed that I could learn how to do this, even though I didn't come from this background, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. I loved working with this population, and so I worked with them for a, for a long period of time, and then um, was drawn back home. They opened a Addiction Center, and the owners of that said, "Would you come back and be the counselor?" Oh, okay. And I was like, "Okay," because I was too naive to know when you start a business, you know, being the first counselor in a brand new business mm-hmm. is insane. <laughs> Um, and so well, you were for, in the right field then. I was I no? was in the right I was in the right field um, and I I didn't I, but I was I was too naive to know that this was going to be a huge mm-hmm. challenge and you know I showed up on the first day and they're like here's some clients go counsel them and I was like what um, you know make a program and so three years during that three you know beginning of a business the first mm-hmm. three years and it's successful and so forth and at three years um, I, you know, was working all the time and, and I loved what I did, mm-hmm. but it just wouldn't—it wasn't fitting into my lifestyle anymore. Um, I was pregnant with my first child, and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. And and I had tons of experiences there. And uh, a job at the jail opened up, and somebody told me about it, and. Uh, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Have you seen me? I'm 4'11". How am I going to walk into a jail? I'm the tiniest, like, pocket-sized person. You have got to be kidding me. And they were like, no, you'll be fine. And uh, they said, you got the attitude for it. And I was like, okay. Oh, um, so again, just sort of mm-hmm. stepping up to that challenge and saying, you know, I don't know what I didn't know, so why not? I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ended up being there for 10 years and loving every minute right, of it.
0: Right, right. So what... Um How does counseling benefit someone? Let's just maybe back up. I know you've helped a lot of people that have serious issues. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about substance abuse and um, mental health issues. But for someone that maybe, uh, I guess, is it called situational depression or if Mm -hmm. someone feels that they need to come in and they're just maybe it's just based on job loss or. Death in the family, or just, mm-hmm. you know, are these things that you see? Yeah, yeah, like transitions, transitions yes. in life.
1: There's, yes, that transitions that really in hurt. life or difficulty with transitions, whether uh-huh. it's a death, whether it's a loss of a relationship, loss mm-hmm. of a person, um, job, grief, a trauma that came up that you, you know, suddenly were faced with. Um, and, And what counseling allows you to do is sort of, I mean, where else, I mean, yes, we have great friends in our lives, but they have issues that are happening too. There's very few situations in life where you can go and sit across from somebody and their whole job is to listen to you. That's it. That's their whole job. And keep it confidential. And keep it confidential. They can't say anything. You can say anything you want in this session. And that person will just nod. Okay, that's interesting. Take a little note there. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to be heard? We all want to be heard. And so to go into a situation where you are 100% accepted and 100% heard is so validating. And so, just the act of going in and saying what's happening to you, just saying those words of, this is what's on my mind, am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just want somebody to say, "Uh, no, lots of other people have that feeling, which they do. Nobody's Mm -hmm. alone. There are no new worries. There are no new fears. Somebody else has had it. But we all think we're alone, Mm -hmm. even if we know better. We still think I'm the only one going through this and nobody else will understand. And then you sit across from somebody who says, I understand. I hear what you're saying. Of course you would feel that way. And validating those Mm -hmm. feelings and developing that rapport and that safe space. We develop that safe space for you to say whatever you need becomes that release. And so you release all that stuff that you were holding on to. And so that hole that was happening... You can fill it with some of the tools that we get to teach you in counseling, which are the, you know, uh, we talk about meditation. We talk about breathing. We talk about taking care of yourself and self-care. I mean, it's a very Mm -hmm. common thing that we hear. But what does that mean? What What does does self-care mean? Um, And so that's what those things that we work on Mm -hmm. in counseling to figure out how to deal with what life threw at you. -hmm. Because it's going to continue to throw things at you. And if you deal, if you inappropriately deal with the front stuff, and so, like I said earlier, sometimes you have to go back to go forward. And so, if we can unravel the stuff that happened in the past, we can actually roll out the future a lot brighter.
0: And I guess if you just talk to friends or family, Either they probably don't want to hear it all, you know, honestly. Or they've heard
1: it all, or and they don't have all, any answers
0: for you. And they don't know what to say. Like, they you know, 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 for us to say. give advice can probably be harmful mm-hmm. if we we're not trained to know yes. what is the right thing to do. Exactly. You know? And I guess you might have heard people in the past talking with you, and they thought one thing was a problem, but... You yeah, were able you to were kind like, of sift no, through yeah. what they were saying, and you heard something, something completely else. different. And that's
1: what it is. It's it's like a puzzle. It's like oh. all these stories, and you start to find the thread that goes together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, do you realize all of these stories have this same thread of fear or of anxiety, or of, of you making this decision? You know, and but it goes back to, mm-hmm. um, and so getting back to that, helping them get back to their authentic self.
0: Does fear drive a lot of what we do?
1: Yes. Absolutely, yeah. of course. I mean, I
0: hear that in different settings, and I guess it's like fear of rejection or fear of
1: I think a lot of times it's, it's fear of the story, the, whether the story that we're going to tell ourselves or, or the story that the other person is telling us. It's that fear of the story because... The story, we can make anything up in a story, and, and so you often hear, like with marriage and family uh, and relationships and, and couples counseling, you say, okay, what did you, what did you hear them say? Okay, so what's the story that you've made up in your head? Mm -hmm. And so there are times where, you know, you're maybe having an argument with your spouse and you they're saying some words, but you're making a story in your based on the past, based on the past. And you're like, okay, so the story I'm telling myself is you're not picking up those socks on the floor because you hate me. And they're like, what are you talking about? I don't have, this sucks. I have nothing to do with, you know, how much I like you. Um, But that's the story I told myself in my head. And Mm -hmm. so then you act on that story.
0: Um, And so I think stories play a big part. It's okay to be mad at them because they're a slob. That did not,
1: based <laughs> that they on. They did yeah. not pick up their socks. <laughs> yeah. But there may be a reason related to that because mm-hmm. when they grew up, they got fussed at because they, you know, because they, they, they always had to keep everything clean. And now that they're an adult, they have the right to throw their socks mm-hmm. on the floor. Like, you have no idea what story they're telling themselves. Um, and so you say, okay, what, what, why, it, why is this? Because this bothers me. Why does it bother you? Mm-hmm. Are the socks hurting somebody? No. Okay, so what is it about you? Because it's usually not about the other person, unfortunately. It's about something it's inside something that person. It's happening inside of you, which is so frustrating because I, I really
0: want it to be about the other person. I know. <laughs> I laugh when I think about getting married. I've, I've been married now almost 31 years in March. Wow. Next year be 31 Congratulations. years.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. We never, it's a miracle, <laughs> we never spoke about children before, mm-hmm. money religion, mm-hmm. or family traditions. And so I remember some of our early problems were based on Christmas traditions. I thought, you know, Christmas Eve was when you opened gifts. And ah. my husband thought, no, no, it's on Christmas Day. And I said, no. no. But looking back, it was based on we went to my grandmother on my mom's side, yes. you know, Christmas Eve, and we had the big tree with the lights. And then Christmas Day. And that was your story. Santa came. Yes. They weren't wrapped. And he, John believed that Santa wrapped all the gifts. And I was like, no. No, he no, doesn't. he doesn't. He doesn't have time for that, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm making light. We had other yes. much bigger no, issues. No, of course. But, but These, it's, it's I'm a willing great to share. example. Yeah. yeah. But it was just.
1: It's a uh, great example of things we take for granted. And it could be really frustrating. Things.
0: Yeah. But we never spoke. And I remember thinking, well, you have to take driving lessons to get a license. But there's no lessons you have to take before no. you get married or have children. No. And you there's. Should of, be. you just happen to stumble into and a trying life to commitment. determine yeah. what
1: parent how to parent your child
0: oh gosh. because
1: uh, it 's one thing you're like, okay, whatever, you made me mad, but you 're not going to mess with the idea of what my child could be or what it yeah. is and um, and so parents get into a lot of issues during those early especially mm-hmm. those early stages when you're first starting to learn yeah. how to parent. Um, it is very difficult and so that's what some of the programs that we have at the tree are being mm-hmm. able to help parents um, to learn how to parent
0: effectively. So I've got a question about you know this seems like a big thing about mental health so to to work through um, stressful situations whether it's disagreement with your spouse or maybe you know discontent at work with mm-hmm. your boss or your coworkers or anything that's going to happen or even communicating with your doctor I guess just things where people communicate. Mm-hmm. You were kidding earlier about, we're all great. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah. But to be able to speak and be empowered mm-hmm. to have boundaries and also to know who you are and what yes you need and what you want yes. for your life, that seems like a learned skill. I don't know many people oh, that communicate absolutely clearly. absolutely a learned skill.
1: You know. It's amazing we're not running around like beating each other with sticks with how poorly we communicate. I mean, we, I laugh. I have a whole class on um, active listening. Oh, you do. And that we teach through our education Uh program. And so it's a class that we teach on on how to actually listen to people. Um, Because it's a skill. It's a skill we have to learn. And, you know, nowadays with our phones and with all the emojis, do you notice every time we have an upgrade on our phones, we get more emojis? Because we're (laughs) communicating more with text messages and we're bad at it. So now we have the full faces that we get to make it look like our face with our hair. And, you know, and we can even put like, you know, picture like the way that. our uh, hats and you know we can do the whole thing and make our make our person actually do it because we're trying to communicate more and more mm-hmm. um, but to be able to communicate authentically is very very difficult because we have that fear of putting ourselves out there um, and I've learned over the years and it's taken years and years and years but listening to all the stories from people who are brave enough to say it mm-hmm. helped me be braver and the more times I tell the story or the more times I talk about difficult things i find the answer that you want to hear is me too and i find more and more that people say me too and I, I, that's very comforting to oh, me like
0: the movement was like so mo- big the, the me too movement
1: yes but women had held who, that in they had for held decades, it in for so long you know um and so now to turn to someone else and tell tell your truth mm-hmm. and tell something difficult and someone else to say that happened to me too. Yeah. Or yes, I felt that way too. It's so empowering. And so we really become connected as humans mm-hmm. when we share our stories.
0: Are you saying that um you said it's it's difficult to really listen, to actively listen. Do you need to actively listen first to be able yes to speak yes. about what you think?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, seek first to understand, right. then to be understood, uh-huh. which is the the Franklin Covey stuff. I always believe that you always seek first to understand what the other person is saying. And you ask a ton of questions. Okay, I didn't quite understand. What what do you, what do you mean by that? What's your wording? And so I'll ask what cuz people define things differently. Different words mean different things to different people. And so you're like, "Okay, how are you defining that word in this context?" because it may not be how I define it. Um, And so, drilling down to make sure that you're at the base level of communication because it could be that I say something is red and you think that's blue, and we will fight to the death, but we're both saying the same thing, Mm -hmm. but we never qualified what it meant.
0: So, the communication skills, I guess, flow over into the mental health arena because you can go get counseling, Marie, Mm -hmm. you know, and figure out yourself, but if you're still not able to function, and communicate and, and learn when to compromise, I guess, or, or yes. maybe just to realize we don't need to compromise. You know, right. maybe it's just not a good fit That's or just something. Right. But is that something that the family tree and, and in, your, in your experience as a counselor, does this underlie a lot of how people get back on stable ground, you know, like learning how to how speak to commu- with others? Yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. To be able to communicate, because once you can communicate it, let's say you've never told somebody and you tell your counselor for the first time, it takes away some of the fear related to it. And you may be able to tell one more person. And again, as many times as you talk about it, you divide it among all the people you tell. Mm-hmm. And so that's why group therapy is so great, because you got a room full of people and you say it one time and all the people get to carry that with you. Yeah. Um, and they now become a part of your story.
0: Mm-hmm. What are some things you recommend? When We talked about self-care. I know you said there's a lot of different things, but what... What are some things that you see are effective when people are starting to want to feel better and take care of themselves? Like, what, what are some tools that you find are good, like to that people can go to, I guess, to control impulses and learn how to mm-hmm. think before they act?
1: <laughs> um, so, try, teaching people to think before they act. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's, that's a big question right there. Before they speak. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it comes down to the stillness and we have to stop. We've got to stop. We're, we're so busy, and I find that we're in, when you ask somebody, how are you doing? Oh, busy, 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 and now it's become a badge of honor, and I think we've missed something, that that is not the badge of honor. We're missing that moment in our lives to be present because we're so busy, 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 and we're proud of it, we're proud that we're busy. We're proud our kids are in 50,000 things. We're proud that we never have one moment to stop. And, and so when we do get into these seasons in our lives where it's a little bit slower, we think something's wrong because everybody else is busy and I'm not busy. So I must have to be doing something. And it's like, wait, in those moments, I get to see who I am and who the people around me are. Um, but I think slowing—I think that's that's slowing down and mm-hmm. putting the putting the phone away, or st- stopping technology. Sometimes, not all the time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, not off the grid. <laughs> um, I do believe there's there's this balance, and I know we talk about balance all the time, and unfortunately, it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's hard but y- you have to have that balance of health and you have to have a balance of of relationships and socializing and you have to have that balance of work and and all of the things mm-hmm. have to come in and when something's out then that's the area that you need care in um, so if you say you know what I'm not taking I'm not eating the way I know I'm supposed to so okay well that's the self-care area I need to start working on mm-hmm. taking care of myself or if you've neglected exercise or that quiet time where you read and nurture your mind you know know. that's where the self-care needs to go. It needs to go in the area. But the only way you know that is if you stop moving for a minute. But that's the scary part, because we think we have to be busy all the time.
0: You Um, were saying earlier that um, the answers, you know, that you didn't have a magic wand. The answers are within Mm -hmm. each of us. Yes. But you can't hear that voice. No. If you're just running. Running. Lately, I've, um, I've been laughing when people, you know, because I tend to stay a little bit too busy. I, and I do it to myself. It's like in cycles. I'll just take on, and I know better, but I'll take mm-hmm. on things, you know, and then your time gets filled up. But I love seeing people's faces when they go, well, I know you're busy. What are you up to? And I love just saying, not much.
1: Not much. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, What? what? <laughs> And then they don't know what to say,
0: but it's okay. It's
1: okay. Yes, yeah, so I'll say,
0: "What have you been up to?" Right. And then you know, it's really yeah. more fun to hear about others anyway. It
1: is because some of the stuff
0: I get, I just, I don't know. It, it's like a life. I probably need to be in the family tree because I know I'll clear, <laughs> I'll clear my calendar, and I'll put up signs just say no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when you have that void, though, it's mm-hmm. so tempting to take on another volunteer activity or right cook for church or. You know, I'll sign up for a class, or just all these things that are really great. Because you think you have to fill up that. But sometimes just sitting Mm -hmm. and having time, just to even take a nap, or just sit with your children and do a puzzle or something. It's just we're coming off the holiday. We're in here, the Monday after Thanksgiving, twenty nineteen, and I can't think of more fun that I've ever had than this past Thanksgiving. We lost my mother in law, but yet the whole family got together on my husband's side. We put up. Christmas decorations in the house, Mm -hmm. my older daughter helped, and we just, we went and played pool at Max's Pool Hall, which we hadn't done in a long time. Just silly, simple things that were peaceful and relaxing, and nowhere to be, and all day to be there. You know, it was just...
1: In the recovery community, they say, um, you need to be a human being, not a human doing. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I hear that sometimes in my head. They have some wonderful phrases.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the 12 steps are good for everybody. They
1: are good for everybody. They really, really are. I learned a tremendous
0: amount from them. Just realizing we're not the center of the universe is a big first step. (laughs) I always thought maybe I was, and then I realized, oh, no. Not so much. Just not so much. And then I'm like, thank goodness I'm not. I know. Oh, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of pressure to run the show, isn't it? It is. (laughs) We're here with uh, Jason Sikora. With Raider and Jason, I know is a big proponent of meditating and and slowing down. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any um, input? I've been seeing you write.
2: Yeah, I have a few comments and a few questions. Um, First of all, thank you for being here. This is awesome. Um, I like what you said about just being able to sit in a room with somebody and talk privately um, and openly. With somebody who's not going to judge you, mm-hmm. you can just kind of let it all out yes. and, f- and figure it out. Um, so I was going to say, if if you don't think that you need therapy, you probably still That's need right. therapy. <laughs>
1: Everybody can use it yeah. at some point in time.
2: And and so one of, one of the problems I have sometimes it, when going in to see my therapist is I get a little anxious going there, not knowing what to talk about.
1: Oh, Cause, yes.
2: Because he, he puts it on me. He's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And mm-hmm. just start talking. Yes. Just, just start. Yep. And a lot of times yes. we'll just start talking about work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, here's what I did today. I did a podcast with uh, with Marie and and, uh, and we did this and it was fun and we got to talk about this and this and then it just rolls. rolls. Yeah. And then before you know it, an hour's up. And you're like, wait a minute, I want another hour. Right. So it's, I highly suggest it for everybody out there and there's plenty of therapists out there and plenty of ways to get it, even if you can't afford it.
1: Yes, there is.
2: Um all right. So my questions, we'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. What uh, was the driving force to get you into counseling and therapy?
1: Um, I, I had been, let's see. So in college, was in college, it was in college. So I grew up with a lot of anxiety. So I had my own bag of you know, mm-hmm. drama, and that I carried around with me for a long time. And so in college, I got into therapy because um, I developed a little bit of an eating disorder. And um, I was an exercise bulimic. Okay. Um, so it's somebody who purges through exercise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so recognized that that was a problem and realized that in going to therapy, the amount this – the tremendous amount of weight that was able to be lifted off of not just that one area. Like, it wasn't the fact that I, you know, the exercise, that wasn't, for me, that felt like the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't the solution. It was just the symptom of mm-hmm. the bigger problem. And so I had to go backwards to figure out what the actual problem mm-hmm. was. And so I loved the idea of unraveling that puzzle. And I made loved you, it.
0: It made you feel better, huh? It did. Yeah.
1: I was like, oh, wait, so this happened and then this happened and then, oh, okay, wait, that makes sense. And so all of a sudden it like all made mm-hmm. sense why I had these behaviors. And so they were behaviors that work for you. And so that's mm-hmm. what happens with, with our lives is we go through life and we, and we do these things. And for a long time, these, these behaviors or these you know, solutions work for us, whether it's drinking or using or gambling or you know, yelling at people, whatever, and they work. And then all of a sudden it turns on us and it doesn't work anymore. And it's when it doesn't work anymore, when that solution doesn't work anymore, and it doesn't solve the problem that we're trying to figure, which is cope with life. We're trying to cope with life, Mm -hmm. and we're doing it improperly. And so to go into counseling and to be able to talk to somebody and to have been that person for someone... um, and, you know, it, the truth is, is that when the people, as I was going into school and they were like, you probably should be a teacher. And I was like, absolutely not. I do not want to be a teacher. They were right. I probably <laughs> would have been a good teacher. Um, I do love teaching. And that's now what I do more of. I don't actually do individual counseling anymore. I do add ed- the education portion mm-hmm. of the counseling of the family tree um, and go out into the community and meet people where they are and teach them things like active listening or um you know, leadership skills, or you know, different kinds of things. Whatever they, we have a huge list of things that we can teach um, to the community, and uh, and so I do love that portion, but it's still from a counseling basis mm-hmm. um, because it's still okay. You know, it's still looking at it and saying, what mm-hmm. what pieces can we
0: help you unravel? Did you? When you figured out what was driving you to exercise, I guess you were trying to control your world. Yes, And that's absolutely. all you could—you could only mm-hmm. control certain things. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you could love yourself once you gave yourself, like, were you empathetic? Yes, empathetic but towards still, yourself. You know? Yes.
1: At that time, I was started. I mean, it absolutely is a control issue. That's yeah, all. I mean, it goes I along with occupa- um, occupational OCD, mm-hmm. um, and so. I could, but there was still more work to be done. And as I age and get older Mm -hmm. and um, have more experiences, children are like the ultimate Ultimate
0: humbling, humbling
1: experience. <laughs> when I had kids, I was like, "Oh mm, man, um, they are teaching me so much. I don't want to
0: know and they about myself." Like us. I know, I know. They can't do give them stuff, away. and you're like,
1: "Oh no, do I do that?" Um, so. <clears throat> so it's been years. I think it's a continual process. I think it's mm-hmm. a as as you grow up, you learn to. To love yourself and um, accept who you are and so now as I've gotten older um, I think I'm getting better but I think it, it each year I get a little bit better at it and I'm more open to I think Brene Brown and her book uh, the gifts of imperfection was a game changer um, and I could not recommend that book more to people it's phenomenal um, for looking at yourself and saying you know what I'm not perfect and you're not perfect and and I can tell you about it um, not tell you about it. Tell yeah. Tell you. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. insult <laughs> you with your imperfections. I'm going to talk yeah. about my imperfections. I don't want to get that wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what you kind of already answered this, but what brought you and keeps you at the family tree?
1: <gasps> um, the I think the the family tree offers me a, a tremendous opportunity to use the gifts that God gave me, um, and. I am able to make a difference on a daily basis by partner partnering with other agencies in the community. And so the usefulness of the tree and the relevance of it is so profound in today's world. And so to using that the gift of communication or the ability to listen um, and work with other agencies and draw people together mm-hmm. um draws me there every day um, because it's a challenge every day to try and get people to communicate and work together. Um, And I think that's what we've done over the last three years is to really bring agencies and more of the community to us to help them begin to do that.
2: That's awesome. Um, I know the answer that I wanna hear, but I wanna hear your answer. (laughs) And that is uh, how does mental health relate to physical health?
1: It is absolutely 100% connected. Um, and we say that a lot because we're part of the Healthy Acadiana um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Well Ahead, uh, which is a Louisiana initiative. Well Ahead's mm-hmm. Louisiana initiative. Healthy Acadiana is local. Um, and we have a robust wellness program at the Family Tree um, where each month we have challenges and prizes to try and make sure that our staff is taking care of themselves. And so physical health, releasing those endorphins that we have so you naturally release those feel-good hormones um and what's the easiest way it's super cheap you just can walk around a little yeah. bit and you can do it with other people or run if you're crazy um
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you yeah
1: <laughs> I did I used to run for a long time and then I ran a marathon and realized I hate running and I never did it again oh. <laughs> but at least you knew I did but it, it took me I took me yeah. a long time to figure it out and I was like I hate this
2: well I walk my dogs every day in a 10 a ten-acre cane field, that's and, just, awesome. and just getting out there and like not Nature. seeing, not seeing mm-hmm. houses, and just letting them run mm-hmm. around and enjoy, and maybe you'll listen to a radio show or something, or just taking the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's it's huge. It is huge, it, and it's it's kind of just like shutting off everything it else is. for a moment and just being with yourself. Which brings me to my ne- last question: the importance of meditation.
1: Ah, ah. Mm. yes. Go go ahead. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) meditation is tremendously important because it allows you to have that stillness. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not good at it, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That's not what meditation is about. And that's what we think it's about. We Mm -hmm. think we have to get there and we have to have a blank mind. Well, forget about it. Your mind is not going blank. It's not. And that's not even the goal of meditation. Mm -hmm. You just, it's sort of like a river. And so your thoughts kind of float down the river and you notice them and then you let them float. And then you notice them, and you let them float, um, and it just gives you that that's that peace in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can start really small. Like people assume that you have to like meditate like the Dalai Lama and get out there for like days, and you're on a mountainside. No, one minute, y'all, one minute. Yep is really like if that's how you need to start start and there's um a great app um called uh insight timer that has timed meditations and it starts i mean as little yeah. as one minute or two minutes or three minutes and they're guided uh-huh. um, because i need a guided one just to have you know like lovely music playing in the background forget about it i'm a Or i need somebody mm-hmm. to be like okay we're here we're we're you know breathing we're breathing into our toes those kind of things like i need somebody talking to me and that's okay yeah um that's still meditating yeah. you don't have to you know I, I, levitate
2: I, I, there's a few people here in the office who do the guided meditations at lunch they'll go in mm-hmm. their car and, and play it um
1: don't do it while you're driving
2: no no don't do that not
1: driving the car correct
2: okay yeah good, yeah good. no just go hang just out please in, disclaimer in the car um but my instructor um i learned to focus on my breathing like mm-hmm. in a specific spot like so i focus on my lungs okay where uh, i think he focuses on his nose um and he said, he goes, every three or four seconds, you're going to start mm-hmm. thinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to happen. That's part of that's it. It's okay. So, and then you realize that and you let it go. And mm-hmm. just let it, like you said, go down the river and then refocus. Right. Take one minute every morning. Yeah. That's- and because your mind is is moving in the morning. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, all of a sudden you have a task list and you're starting to think about it. Yeah. So that's why I wanted you to comment on it. Because yes. I, I do think it is... Take some time for yourself and just let everything go.
1: And and meditation takes on different forms. Like, I mean, you can use the app. Um, I have, for the last four years, wake up every morning and do um, a Bible study. And there's a Bible oh, okay. study that, and mm-hmm. it's an app. It's an app Bible study, and it's been you know over four years now. And every morning I get up before everybody else else wakes up, um, because the Lord knows once those other people oh, yeah. wake up in my house, it's Roll, been yeah. love. Roll, yeah. Um So I you know make sure to get up and and mm-hmm. do my morning you know Bible meditation and I you know read and and you know take my twenty minutes and and then go. And that's that's how I am able to get my meditation in, but it doesn't look like what you think it's supposed it, to look like. So it, there's yep. lots of different ways to meditate.
2: I was going to say there are a lot of different ways. One, of the, one that I learned was um, a walking meditation.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: And, and even just doing that and focusing on like your feet and touching mm-hmm. the ground and then listening to nature. Um, my mother-in-law reads every morning for an hour. And that's mm-hmm. like almost another form of meditation. Because Absolutely. Because you're not thinking about anything else other than just being in, in this one moment. spot. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, and I think that also does help the body and just kind of reset a little it bit. It does. It so. does.
1: We can't we can't keep on this this mm-hmm. hamster wheel that we've been running on, um, it's not good for our you know, central nervous system. It's its not physically mm-hmm. good for our body in general. And so we are I find we get sick a lot easier when you're really, really stressed. Yeah. And that's just naturally yeah, how it is. You idea. know, they're like, oh, I've been running like crazy. I'm sure I'm going to get sick soon. And it's your body saying, you know what? You're not going to stop, so I'm going to stop you.
2: Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, awesome. This has been great. Um, I want you to come back and we can talk some more. And we might talk a little bit after the podcast. Yeah. I would love to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank and you. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, I love this. Yeah. Maria, I have one more question. Yeah. With the meditation, do you um, journal or do you recommend that people journal?
1: Some people, journaling is a meditation. Mm-hmm. That is not my uh, mm-hmm. preferred form of meditation. However, journaling is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times where I'll have a specific thing that I'm dealing with that I will write out so that I can get it out of my head. Because, again, mm-hmm. we divide it by the number of times we get it out. Mm-hmm. And so I will write it out just to get it out of my head. Because it's ruminating in there that story, mm-hmm. um, and I do a lot of the the work of Byron Katie, um, if you're familiar with her, and uh, and she is a proponent of you actually writing mm-hmm. it out, um, and so in writing out those stories that you tell yourself or the 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 yeah. sort of tape that ticker tape that mm-hmm. we tell ourselves, you work you work through out. So yes, it absolutely is.
0: I'm a big proponent. It's hard for me to do it, but the silent retreats in Grand Coteau. Um, yes, I have a spiritual director, Nelda Turner. Um and she's a big proponent. It's they call it contemplative, mm-hmm. you know, prayer, but it's meditation where you read in the Bible or read writings mm-hmm. and then think about it, find the verse or the saying in the book or whatever it is that really sticks with you, and then think about it, pray about it, and then write about it. Yeah. And it's amazing the insights you can get, but the whole process is about slowing down. Yep. And listening. Huh? Mm-hmm. So, it's finding that stillness. Yeah. Yeah. Marie Collins, um, you're beautiful. Thank you, <laughs> you so much. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you made time to be on nourish your health. And for anybody that would like more information, first of all about Marie does, you can visit acadianafamilytree.org and I'm sure there are groups such as yours around the country. Although I don't know that there are many that have taken on as many programs as the family tree has. And and for those of you that may not live here, um, Lafayette, probably like a lot of communities, there's only so many dollars to go around. Mm-hmm. And so it really is more expedient to have nonprofits that have Better similar to
1: missions, missions to be under and, one yes. roof
0: with administration that can see the similarities of this person might need counseling one day, and then maybe just some another program, leadership next. coaching, right. you know, the next. And so, I want to commend you and your staff thank for you. very effective programming. And uh, I also want to thank you for lis- listening to Nourish Your Health. This is our, I think, our fifth podcast we've taped, Marie. I don't know if you knew that, but it's no. a new endeavor. And my goal is to make podcast available to people um, that just want to know more about how to take care of themselves no matter what their age. And so we hope to build a wonderful archive. And thanks to Jason Sikora and Rader, we're able to do this and some early funding from Dr. Kelly Cobb with Nourish Med Spa. I want to thank Kelly also. So on behalf of Nourish Your Health at Every Age, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you.